Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We are kicking off our series on marriage. We'll be in the series for about five weeks here, and I'm super excited about it. Um, this applies to everyone here. Because the vast majority of Americans are married, will get married, or serve as a mentor to someone who is married. Right? So you're like, ah, oh, this doesn't fit me because I'm not a mentor to anyone who is married. You, you, most likely you are. Because you might have adult kids who are married or might get married. Or you have kids who probably will get married, most likely. Or uh, you have family members or friends who come to you and they're like, ah, oh, my husband's driving me crazy. Uh, guess what? You're a mentor to someone who's married. Congratulations. You're like, I didn't volunteer for this job. Well, you got picked. Alright. So this series applies to everybody here. And the state of marriage in America sometimes gets a little depressing. Because it's true that 45% of marriages in America end in divorce. 45%. You're like, ooh, that's, that's a bad figure. But by far the greatest percentages of divorce is happen to those who have dropped out of high school, uh, who have had a, a baby before getting married. So if you are reasonably well-educated and, and have a, a decent income and you attend church on a regular basis and you get married after you're 25 years old and after or before you have a baby, your first chances of divorce are really, really low. They don't tell you that part, do they? It's also true the University of Chicago has done a study and 62% of all married people rate their marriages as very happy. Not just happy, very happy, 62%. And what they've also found with longitudinal studies is that two-thirds of all couples who rate their marriages as unhappy, that if they stick through it, they kind of just muddle through that rough period of time, that two-thirds of those couples will rate their marriages as happy later on if they stay together and kind of push through that rough spot. Two-thirds. So a lot of marriages are, are doing well. That's a good thing. But lots of marriages still struggle. And I think they struggle for a couple reasons. There's two myths that we often believe about marriage. And here's the first myth. If I marry the right person, everything will be all right. If I find the right person, everything will be fine. And we all, gosh, all of us enter into marriage thinking this. I just have to find the right person. That's the goal. I do that, peaches. No worries. And here's the challenge. The other person is thinking the exact same thing about, like, you, right? If I just find the right person, everything will be fine. And how do you know when you've met the right person? chemistry, right? You meet that person, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, she's the one. Right? Or you meet that right guy, and you're like, oh, he checks off boxes I didn't even know I had. Right? And you're like, oh, this is perfect. And you start making the googly eyes. And the only arguments you have are when you're talking on the phone, and who's going to hang up first? 
<laughs> right? Oh, you hang up first. Oh, no, 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 I can't. You hang up first. No, no, I couldn't. Okay, let's, we'll count to three, and we'll hang up at the same time. Okay? All right. One, two, three. Oh, you didn't hang up. We were going to hang up at the same time, right? And those are the only arguments you have, right? Because the chemistry is just fantastic. And very often, these relationships, they get intimate, and they engage in sex before marriage. But the chemistry's great. It's fantastic. And you think, this is it. I have found the right person. And the problem is this. The chemistry is so great, you don't worry about working on relationship skills. Because very rarely do marriages have marital problems. Very rare. A marriage problem is like, do we squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom or the middle or get two separate tubes? That's a marriage problem. Marriage problem is do we have one checkbook or two checkbooks? That's a marriage problem. Those are easy. Marriages don't have marriage problems. They have relationship problems. Because it's a single person who is flawed and a single person who is flawed and they get together and guess what? They have a flawed relationship. But it wasn't a problem before because the chemistry was great. We were just connected. And this is the second people thing that, that married people believe when they first get married, right? They think that no one has ever loved like this. <laughs> not my parents, not my grandparents, not even Romeo and Juliet have ever loved like this. And I don't have to worry about learning patience because my spouse will never do anything to cause me to have to learn patience. My spouse, he will never do anything that will cause me to have to learn courage and commitment. Because he or she is the right person. And so two flawed people get together and they get married. And guess what happens when you live with someone over a period of time? And you get close with that person find out they're, they're really messed up. <laughs> they got issues. I remember my wife and I were first married, right? And I'm paying the bills. And I said, honey, where's my checkbook? And she said, honey, our checkbook is in my purse. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's on. And these two flawed people, they get together and they don't do a ton of work on relationship skills because the chemistry is so great. And they just think that, that this chemistry will just last forever and ever. And they have songs about it, you know? Love, love will keep us together <laughs> any kind of weather. And then it starts to rain. And you don't have an umbrella or a rain jacket. And what starts to suffer? Chemistry. Chemistry starts to suffer. And couples have relationship issues. It's at this point the guy gets really confused. Because the guy is convinced that sex will fix anything. Because guys think sex is like a multi-purpose wrench. Right? Oh, we can fix that. Right? And the girl says, it doesn't work like that. Right? And the chemistry starts to suffer. And the very thing that brought these two people together begins to die. And then someone, usually the woman, 
will have this idea. I know what will bring us closer together. Let's have a baby. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> and the guy thinks, well, that would involve sex. Yes, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And so two flawed people come together in a marriage, and in this flawed, dysfunctional relationship, they bring in a new life. And guess what? Babies are hard. I, um, I have a twin brother. I have no younger siblings, because my parents had us, and then I think a month later, my dad got himself fixed, so he would have twins ever again. Right? He's like, oh man, these kids are crazy. And so uh, I have no younger siblings. I have no, I have some younger cousins, but we didn't live close to them. So I never had experience of what babies were like. And so I thought having a baby was like having a puppy. You know, you, you take care of them and, and you feed them and you hold them and you play with them and then you throw them in the backyard for a few hours and, and they'll be fine. And, and babies aren't like that. Babies are, are hard. I remember when we had uh, Emma. Emma was two and a half and, and two, well, not even two and a half. Emma was one and a half. David was an, an infant. And Emma had asthma. And so uh, we put her on asthma medic. She had this nebulizing treatment so she could breathe at night. But the doctor didn't tell us that the medicine was a stimulant. <laughs> so she could breathe. She just couldn't sleep, right? And she and David would take turns. Like one night, one would be up, and the next night, the other one would be up. And they would just take turns on us. And I, I remember laying in bed one night going, this is what a nervous breakdown feels like. <laughs> it feels like this. Now I understand. Thank you, Jesus, for this knowledge. It's hard. And people can get dissolution quick. Because they went into marriage thinking, if I marry the right person... Everything will be all, all right. And then things aren't all right. And they start to think, well, maybe I didn't marry the right person. And it's a hard it's a struggle. It's also a struggle because of the second marriage myth. The second marriage myth is this. If I marry the right person, I'll be all right. If I marry the right person, then I'll feel better about myself. If I marry the right person, he will make me happy. If I marry the right person, uh, she will fulfill my needs. No, maybe you change that. She will fulfill all my needs. If I marry the right person, this person will make me feel better about me. And they won't, this person won't change me. He or she will love me just the way I am. But I can change him or her because once I get to know him or her, I'll know how to fix her or him, right? If I marry the right person, I'll be all right. And this person will make me feel better. So in essence, we, we take our spouse and we elevate that person to the level of savior. If I marry the right person, I will be better. And as soon as you get married, you find out really fast, this person is a lousy savior. 
And my friends, there is only one person who can fix you and make you feel better. And that person's name is Jesus. And you didn't marry Jesus. You may have married Jesus. It's close, but it doesn't count. Only Jesus can fix you. Only Jesus can make you feel better. Only Jesus can give you a sense of security and peace and lasting joy. Only Jesus provides that. And if you're looking for your spouse to provide that, then you're elevating that person to a place they can never achieve. And you will be disappointed. You will be. And that's the second myth. So here's the secret of marriage. You ready? It's in Ephesians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul writes this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross brings us into a deep union with him. And that's the secret to marriage. See, when you find peace and fulfillment and security in Jesus, you're not looking for that in your spouse. You're not looking for that person to be your, your functional savior. And when you find that peace and security and, and that, uh, that comfort in Jesus, it's at that point you are free to love and to sacrifice for your spouse. Because you're not looking for that person to be your functional savior. And when that person lets you down, and we're human, we all do that. It's not devastating. Do you see the difference? That Jesus' love for you gives you that source of security so that you're free to love someone else and, and free to have appropriate expectations of a spouse and not a functional savior. That the goal of marriage isn't to find the right person. The goal of marriage is to be the right person and to find uh, mutual fulfillment through mutual sacrifice. That marriage works best not when we're looking to our spouses and saying, I need you to make me happy but rather when we're looking at our spouses and Jesus loves me and because of that I can make I can serve you I can serve you So some of you are listening to this going okay I got it so the goal of marriage is just to be like Jesus Wow thanks pastor thank that's so easy to do I will go out and do that right now and while I'm at it, I'll go do brain surgery too because I would just have to cut the skull open and just ask myself, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus do brain surgery? And then I'll just do that. Easy, perfect, yeah. This is hard stuff. Especially in a conflicted marriage. It's hard. And you, you always want to go, okay, I'll do that, but, but you know, my spouse has got to go first. <laughs> you go first. You go first. And a good place to start is just with gentleness. 
How many of you have had arguments? And then when you're done with your argument, you can't remember what started the argument? <laughs> right? Something happens. And someone comes out hard. Right? And then you answer right back hard. It's, it's kind of like marriage is like a game of handball. You ever play handball? Right? You hit the ball hard against the wall. And guess what happens? It comes back hard. Right? And sometimes, not sometimes, when you're in marriage, a great skill is just the skill of gentleness. It's the ability to, to absorb a hard shot with gentleness. And then when that happens, it comes back soft. It's, it's kind of like skill of gentleness. It's like a, just a padding in a conversation. Something comes out hard. Oh, I missed the whole pad. That was bad. Comes back hard. I missed it again. I need help. Tom, could you help me? I, I practiced this. I worked out fine. Okay, come back hard. There I go. There, that's it. That's how it's supposed to be. Right? And you respond gently. And it takes everything from DEFCON level 10 down to level 2. And you're able to talk about stuff. University of Washington did a study, and they asked couples to rate their marriages. Rate their marriages as happy or, or satisfied or unsatisfied, happy or, or unhappy. And then they asked these couples, how many times do you disagree or argue during a week? And what they were surprised to find out is that couples who rated their marriages as happy argued slightly less often than couples who rated their marriages as unhappy. Which is weird, right? You'd expect to be a, a big difference. But couples who rate their marriages as happy would argue much less than couples who rate their marriages as unhappy. And so they, they dug a little deeper. And they found out that, that couples who rate their marriages as happy, they argue almost as often as other couples, but they argue differently. See, couples who rate their marriages as happy argue with working towards a solution. And couples who rate their marriages as unhappy argue looking to fix blame. Makes all the difference. See, you didn't marry the right person. Because that person doesn't exist. The right person is not out there. The person who thinks the same about everything as you do. Because here's a little, little tip. Men and women are really different. <laughs> like, really different. As one comedian said, men marry men? <laughs> Cowards. Right? <laughs> men and women are really different. Yeah, you got that. Thank you. All right. They're really different. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're going to marry someone and you're going to have disagreements you're not going to see this, everything the same way just not and it's okay in fact it's good oh my goodness we'd be a mess if my wife saw everything the same way I saw it it'd be horrible 
And so God brings us into relationship. And Keller puts it this way. He says this. The gospel, Jesus' death on the cross for you, can fill your hearts with God's love so that you can handle it when your spouse fails to love you as he or she should. And that frees you up to see your spouse's sins and flaws to the bottom and speak of them and yet still love and accept your spouse fully. And when by the power of the gospel your spouse experiences that same kind of truthful yet committed love, it enables your spouse to show you that same kind of transforming love when the time comes for it. So the, the myths are, if I marry the right person, everything will be all right. And if I marry the right person, all will be all right. And the truth is, Jesus makes me all right. Jesus is the right person. Jesus makes me all right. And that frees me to love my spouse. Because my spouse is no longer my functional savior. But my spouse is someone as, as God intended. My partner. My helper. My beloved. May God grant it. For, for his sake and for your joy. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Life everlasting. Amen. I'm going to pray right now. Our worship team's going to come on up. Let, let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, we, we lift up uh, marriages to you. Lord, we, we pray uh, specifically for the marriages here. Lord, we ask that um, wherever there's, there's conflict, wherever there is uh, hurt, Lord God, that you would bring your forgiveness. And so that couples are able to look at the hurt of the past and say, it's, it's under your blood. And are able to move forward in, in mutual sacrifice for mutual fulfillment and joy. And Lord Jesus, wherever there's fear, wherever people are going, ah, man, I, I want to do it, but I'm, I'm scared. Because if it doesn't work, then I'll hurt worse. Lord God, ask for your courage and for your peace that only comes from you. It gives the courage to love us, to love our spouses like you love us. And Lord God, I lift up people here who are mentors uh, to married couples, Lord God, that they would have your wisdom and your heart. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and praise our God. Closing song today, Days of Elijah.